There she is, Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aisa, she's ready to go to the stars. This is the 300th episode of the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. It's mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp 9. Aye, Captain. And now, our host... This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav. This is Pixie. And this is Rich. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast, your podcast of finding out that bad things have happened to your family and everybody's pulling their weight to get it taken care of. If you kids don't put that Demonic skull away. I'm going to turn this Varvy around and go back home. But what do you mean I can't summon dead rock stars until I'm 16 years old? He just died last week. Leave him alone. Let him have time to happen in heaven, okay? Bowie needs some time alone. <laughs> Welcome to Try Tag Games Podcast. We are this week doing a Bureau 13 special where. We're, you know, trying to push the envelope on your game concepts. Now, Bureau 13 every, is usually played by people who are in their late teens through, you know, their late, uh, you know, 90s. And uh, so they're, um, it, you know, the characters in the games tend to be people who are of age. And for all sorts of reasons that we'll go into. Uh, but it is possible to play the game uh, where the team is actually a family. A family that has chosen to uh, unite as a group and make themselves available to the Bureau as a full-fledged team. Now, we'll, we'll talk about what it would take for them all to be accepted of as a team, rather than saying, well, we'll take two of you, but the other ones, they got to wait. Uh, and a lot of other things we're going to talk about. So, uh, where did this idea come from, John? Well, uh, well, it came from actually uh, reading a post about Poltergeist, and I'm looking at the Freeling family going, you know, they didn't make a good burial team, because, well, you have a subject matter expert in Carol Ann on the nether regions of, of where the souls go to. In fact, she probably has more real real experience dealing with undead than any agent does. We, you mean you mean the you mean post life? Yeah, post life. Yeah, they're not actually undead over there. They're just you know spirits. They're just in the in the spiritual realm. And she was trapped there. How long? It's no more than a week, but no less than two or three days. So she spent, you know, some time stuck in that realm, uh, basically the, uh, the the limbo or the waiting room for the hereafter. Yeah, you mean the first time, right? 
Yeah, the first time. And in subsequent movies, she's ended up boom, 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 boom. Yeah, she's had she's got a lot of experience dealing with you know spirits and various you know demonic apparitions. You know, because I know in the third one she was also you know snatched up into that. Yeah, so you you can't be experienced. Um, uh, but in fact, the only person I would imagine would have a hard time you know coping, of course, would be the teenage daughter who wasn't really present through most of the movie. The kind of idea that we, you know, kind of want to happen, um, because it's been mentioned before, is The Incredibles, where you have this, you know, basically four or five, if you want to include the baby, uh, Jack, um, five superpowered beings who all are forces to be reckoned with. And... They are all working together to solve a problem like, you know, world domination or something like that. But most Bureau teams are not going to be people of that level of power. They're going to be everyday people who happen to have gone through a supernatural incident like Poltergeist and survived. So we got to, you know, we've got to ask ourselves, you know, what, you know, in order for this to be even believable, Okay, uh, we've got to ask ourselves. Say, there's got to be a certain level of of ability or something that makes this work. Okay, so does anybody uh, has anybody put some thought into that? What do you mean by a certain level of ability? Let me back up. Let me go over and let's talk about the pluses and minuses of having kids in a team. All right. So, first of all. Uh, you're guaranteed to need homeschooling. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, because for a number of reasons, one is because you're going to want them to be to have a uh, an education that includes a lot of subject matter that you're not going to find in your average public school or even in your private school. Oh dear, I'm just thinking of the Ray Robertson School of Science. I mean, you're going to need you're, you're going to need you know like lock picking. You're going to need. Uh, um, you know, a lot of physical training. You're going to need uh, uh, angelology. Is there a special term for that? Oh, um, theology, basic, basic theology. You know, demonology. You're going to need uh, a lot of of history, uh, legends and lores. You're going to need to teach them logic. You're going to need to teach them, you know, criminal investigation to to teach them how to properly examine a crime scene and and understand. So, I mean, we're talking about a heavy-duty, you know, course load. A lot of computer skills, if only for research yeah. and hacking into government files and stuff, yeah. Well, they don't all have to do that, but they at least have to be competent in using the equipment. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and thinking about that, I mean, what age are they? You know, basically, what we're saying is, what age are they? Let's be honest, Carol Ann was like four, and I would say she stays in the RV, and unless, of course, the spirits come after her, you know, which in the case of most games, they do. There's a really good reason why we don't want them in public school. And that is, is that children are untrustworthy. Oh, yes. Well, it's not in a malicious sense. They are untrustworthy. I'm not talking about a, a moral, you know, a, a, I'm not talking about a, an aspect of character. I'm just simply saying is, is that there, there's a level of, 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 of trust that you cannot give a child because they're just simply not capable of, of, of being able to stand up to it. They have not yet learned the concept of discretion 
maybe I shouldn't be telling my teacher that my parents are secret government agents agents that fight vampires. That's just something you don't necessarily tell the lunch lady. It's not that they tell adults about it. They would be talking with their friends. And then the parent and, and then the kids and go back to somebody will overhear yeah. it or kids will talk to their friends. It'll get out. Yeah. It gets out all too easily when you have kids because they like to talk with their friends about what's basically going on around them. I know I did. (laughs) It'll almost always be misinterpreted when finally heard by the adults as some form of abuse. And arguably, having your kids as part of a Bureau 13 team is a form of abuse. Yep. Uh, Folks, if you're you're wondering how we're going about this, and this is something I suggested, that Bruce and I, both being parents, Bruce has a son, I have a daughter, that we're kind of doing the cons of having kids on a Bureau 13 team. John mm-hmm. and Pixie, they are not parents. They don't. So they would have. The, I, well, I suge- actually, I, I can kind of understand both sides of the. Well, I mean, same here. All of us can, but I'm just saying yeah. it, it would be a little more. The polarization would be a good point counterpoint because of our respective I, positions. But like I said, is that children are untrustworthy, but they're excellent liars. And so as a result, you you know, you know end up in this situation where they may pass on information they shouldn't, and then, they'll, and then when they find out that they shouldn't, they'll cover it up and they won't tell the adults, their parents, or other people that they did, and then things get out of hand. Yeah, they know, they know how to lie, once just they, not when. Once, <laughs> once they learn how to, it's... Pretty much impossible to make them stop. Yeah, yeah. And then you have CPS knocking on the door of the RV. Exactly. Services. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but what what usually happens instead is you end up in this situation, and this is again what you find in in people who are part of uh, fringe groups, people who are in abusive type things. You end up with children who don't talk at all. Because their parents have said, if you say anything to anybody, then somebody's going to get into trouble. And so you end up with these kids who basically become in, uncommunicative you know, to their, their peers, to their teachers. And that's not good for their development. Yeah. And you still get mm-hmm. people investigating coming around. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing is that one of the things that children need is good socialization. And in, in, in public school and even private school, you get the socialization. They learn to interact with people of their peer level. Having mm-hmm. them confined to life being part of a bureau family, it's kind of because with the homeschooling, and I know people, and I'm not bad-mouthing homeschooling for those of you out there who do that to your kids or you've been homeschooled yourselves, but I have noticed a lack of social skills in homeschooled students. And so they're not going to get that socialization being part of a Bureau family. And then when they do go out and they have to be social with their peers, they're not going to know that certain level of discretion of, okay, I really don't want to talk about what me and my parents do on our off time on the weekends. So, yeah, there is that problem there with that. Now, there is a solution to this, Trav. Yeah. It's called... Having lots of kids. <laughs> okay, I can see that. That way they... You make your own little village. <laughs> they learn to 
basically they socialize by just being with each other. Yeah. Just they have that element of de-stress. Yeah. Yeah, your your classic nuclear family doesn't work because at least you end up with a, a you know a son, a daughter, you know, uh, and and two parents, and that's just not enough to be able to in the you know uh, to keep a keep us live a secret life as well as everything else. So, uh, but if you have let's say, I don't know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull a number out of a hat, eight kids, okay. And they don't have to be your own, by the way. You can adopt. So, you know, if, you're, if, if, if there's any ladies out there saying, no way am I going to put my uterus through that. <laughs> there are some other options here. Okay, but I'm just saying is that if you do this, then you, you, uh, you can basically form these, you know, the, the, these lines of communication, uh, you know, the, these, these, the ability to have someone being somebody's confidant, you know, and, and, and not necessarily everyone's confidant, and you can pass this information around. And so, you know, you, you can have situations where the younger kids can tell the older kids, but the older kids aren't, have enough discretion not to, to blab it to mom and dad unless mom and dad need to know about yeah. it. Yeah. And so forth, but it's you know it's, it's one of those things where a, a larger family is going to be able to handle this probably a little bit better with, with I should say less negative side effects, and it has the bonus in that you know if things happen you got spares. Dude, <laughs> ouch! I'm trying to be real here, folks. Okay, yeah, I get the point that things are going to happen, but do you have to do it like that? Dude. Yeah. Now, as a counterpoint, Trump is gone. Yeah. Now, assume that, that we're talking with like a roaming team, now a regional team, though, that, who is kind of like in place a family's perfect for it. In fact, that's part of the background D, in the D20 version of B, Bureau 13. What the low level uh, facility, storage facility in Seattle, uh, the Yeo Curiosity Shop, is run by a family of agents. Basically, the, you know, they've gone back to the, they've gone, gone back to the 20s. It's a family. They've lived. They live there, and you know. Basically, when they retire, they take over the shop. When he retires, an agent because you really can't be an agent for a certain, for more than twenty years. You wear out. You know, oh, trust yeah. me on that one. Yeah. So when the kids when the kids retire, they take over the shop. But their kids are raised in this entire thing, so they actually have a vertical family they can work with, and they also can, the kids can tell weird stories to people because they they think, oh yeah, it's all part of the shop, not realizing. But the kids telling them it's quite true, you know, or made up, you know, you can give them an environment where they can do this in. Also, part of the fiction of the Seattle area is that there are, in fact, other, you know, magical people. There's other people here with magical abilities. There's the White Witch of Fremont. I imagine there's plenty of, there's probably a small, very small, very exclusive, you know, let's call it a Hogwarts there in Seattle where the kids can go. And talk to kids about weird stuff, and no one bats an eye. <laughs> you know? well, I think that then, any, I, I think we can agree that within the general context <laughs> of Bureau Thirteen, each city is going to have its own supernatural underground. I think we can all agree on that here. That yeah, if since these kids are raised in the know, using air quotes. They can just say, Mom, Dad, I'm going down to, you know, what what was it then in Hellboy? The troll market. Okay, have fun. Say bye say hi to Grog 
for me, you know. Yeah. And so these yeah. kids have a place they can go. They know that they're safe because the people in the supernatural underground know these kids. They know that if anything happens to them, their parents are going to come. So they can they'll they'll take the kids in and you know, it takes a village again, that that phrase. Yeah. And so these kids can talk to people who know of this and they have that release of, okay, I've experienced this, all this stuff. How do I process it? And they still learn to socialize with people. Yes. And they're, and, yeah. and let's face it. If you're a bureau agent, even just a normal team, we're not talking a family team, Josie. Just a normal team. You you can't deal with normal people anymore once you become an agent. You That's really just, can't you're deal gone. With, and <laughs> I know, as a matter of personal experience, some kids can't deal with normal people. Right, yeah. <laughs> Before... All weird stuff. Yeah. We can't deal with normal people. <laughs> but but you forgot one thing, Trav, which is is that, you know, Johnny uh, uh, or Susie doesn't go down to the, the troll market. Johnny or Susie and a buddy goes down to the troll market. Oh, yeah. 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 Buddy system would be always in place because it, you know what you get when you don't do that? Missing. Changelings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that's what happens to I mean, we're talking goblins and trolls, and you don't think you're going to get changelings coming home. And no. you got to your kids, no matter how, how well, how, how good it smells, never go to the Fay market. No, 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 no. <laughs> fairy food, no. No. Yeah, don't eat fairy food, no, no. Not unless you always want to be that age. Yeah. Or, or dancing yeah. until you drop, yeah. Most kids are, always, are all about trying to get older. So you know, it's not it's not that hard to warn them off of the phase. Yeah, and besides, they can make context that in game can later be on. If you decide if the GM decides to time jump, say five years, you know, so the kids go from say uh, eight or nine to thirteen, you have all this context you made when you're a kid that you now can call on later on in game. Well, yeah, you know, so that, that silky kid you went to you went to school with, you know, yeah, they're out there. You know, they, they mature fast, so yeah, they, they're he. You, know, you can call on him for some for some inf- info that happens out in the Puget Sound, or in or in this case, more likely in the uh, you know ma- around Massachusetts Bay or something like that. You know that sort of thing. Uh, it gives gives you something to work with, and eventually, a regional teams would I think a v- regional teams eventually do hop in the RV and pull a tour of duty for a couple of years as a roaming team as well. So yeah, you get the visit place and. Because what we said about the bureau thir- about Bangor, Maine, there is the child care center you can get to. It's at, that's at no 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 worse than two hours away, if you don't mind driving. <laughs> yeah, the the whole thing with Bangor, Maine, it's and and this is something that I thought about today. Once we lock this topic in, all bureau agents go through the year of training. Now, an adult. Aging a year is imperceptible. A kid aging a year, that's going to notice. It's like, wow, you had a growth spurt. You know, and it's like, yeah, that's going to be kind of, you know. You can't really do that. I, I would say you can't really do that unless they're at least close to. Maturity, physical maturity. Physical maturity. Yeah, so like a teenager, you could probably 16, get away. 17. Yeah, right. Yeah, you teach them as you go on, but you can't put them through the actual training at Danger Main. Right, until you would, they're close it, to their I would say probably sizes. because most states, and I'll say most, YMME, 
why MMV, your mileage may vary depending on what state you're in, our American listeners. The age of consent for a parent to say, yes, my child is a minor, but I will let him do this, is 16. I would assume that the Bureau would probably adopt that across the board. If your child is still a minor and has gone through a supernatural event, the Bureau would contact the parents and it's like, will you allow us to do this? We want your written permission. Fine. You know, 16 would probably be where they would say, okay, we'll have you go through the, the banger main year and a day training. If that is under 16, they couldn't go through it. Yeah. If they're under that, they couldn't go through it, but they could do some other training. As that would be the homeschooling and whatnot. The homeschooling yeah. And whatnot. That could be part of the training as time goes on. That's, much less that they have to go through when they do that full training. It would, it would almost be like, and we did this episode many, many times ago, the fringe born, where you're having an entire generation of fringe worthy kids just being raised in the fringe culture. After a while, Bureau 13 would have their own culture. And these kids that are pre age 16, who are getting trained in just this multitude of subjects that Bruce mentioned earlier, they're 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 being raised to be a full time bureau agent. To when they make it to sixteen, they can go into Bangerman and get the training. So they already kind of have a jump. They ha- you have a head. They have a head start on what they have to do at yeah. that point. They're far better prepared for the year in a day training right. than somebody off the street who just survived a werewolf attack. Yeah. Okay, you're going here. You. Yeah, and 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 don't forget as I pointed out with, I'm sorry, with the um. With with like the, the the family that runs the curiosity shop, you have a family. Basically, two agents got married and had kids. Yeah, yeah. Are, they, are you going to retire them, or are they basically kids going to go sit in Ray Robinson's childcare system? You know, it's uh, <laughs> you know, it's really up to you know up up to. I, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, I would imagine that Bureau Thirteen is one of the few places that actually has like a year off leave, maternity leave or parental leave, so they can yeah. at least spend one one year off just taking care of the kids. Well, yeah, because that that first year is dicey, and just if if a you really need to, <clears throat> yeah, if you have a couple agents that do get together and have kids, they really need that initial time to form bonds with their children. Yeah, it's just we're parking the RV in the garage. We're going to be here. Contact us in a year. Yeah. Well, it depends an awful lot on how your campaigns are run. Now, if you have these agents that are literally going from, you know, mission to mission to mission to mission to mission, well, then, yeah, that's a problem, okay? But if instead, you know, missions are far between, you might have one every few months, and then there's a lot of downtime afterwards, which would actually make a lot of sense if you were getting injured and needed to heal up, too. Then, you know, most missions don't take more than a few days, And so you could, you know, leave the kids with, you know, your sister and, uh, and, and go off and uh, do your mission and come back. Um, and maybe with one of the older boys or older girls and, you know, and and slowly, you know, recycle them through or whatever, you know, as time goes on. So it, it just depends on how you want, you run your, your game. And if you want to run a family as being a a Bureau 13 team, then I think that's what's going to have to happen. I don't see how you could do it any other way, um, because otherwise, you know, you're, you're literally, you know, raising kids in the RV as you go from one incident to another, and I don't see that happening. 
young children need stability. They need the that place where they realize, okay, this is home, basically. They need time to... I, you need time for them to develop more so that they'll understand eventually when you do have to leave that place. Okay, what would you think would be a good time for... Let's say to age, and because one of the, the, the concepts we touched on a long time ago in the game, it's in the book, married couples as teams, a husband and a wife. Or, okay, we'll, we'll go two spouses. Let's go that way. We're, we're trying to be you know, fair among everybody here. And they have kids. How long do you think should be a proper time for them to just say, we have this kid, we want to raise them, we want to get that foundation set how long do you think that if uh, they go to the bureau and say okay you know what we have this kid we can't be going out on the road all the time because we have an infant we need time off how much do you think they should have off to to cement that that stability Mm -hmm. well well i'm I'm asking pixie here john let me okay pixie first and then we'll we'll go around what do you think josie well most of your major foundations are formed within the first couple of years. 24 months and two years? Yeah, two years. At that point, the kid will have gotten used to, okay, this is Nami, this is Daddy. He's probably talking a little. And it's probably safe to introduce friends of the family. Yeah. And kid will... Toilet... Potty training and all Potty that. Training. Get all that, Get all that all stuff. Of the yeah. Formative years, basically, out of the way. All that foundation stuff, and you will have problems initially where mommy or daddy has to go out and go go to work. That's fine. And, one of them, but, but yeah, both of them going out. No, that that's both just both of them. They one of them has to stay home at least for those first couple of years. And then, so they're on like part-time reserve status, kind of. It's more like job sharing. Yeah, right. Yeah. When you're getting to that two to three-year-old range, you can start bringing in the babysitter. Yeah. Basically. Okay. So for those times, the we- Bureau Thirteen oh. Paranormal Nanny Program. There you go. Yeah, I would. I would be surprised if that that comes up sometime or, later. <laughs> or it, it could just be another agent that needs downtime for whatever reason. Yeah, I'll watch your kid. Go do this. Yeah, yeah I haven't had. You we, know, need, yeah. You, we need both of you here. We'll send this person that that needs to that isn't needed right now here. Yeah, I, just have them watch the kid. I do like that. That Bureau Thirteen would have a, a child care program. That that's cool, Rich. I like that. Yeah. I would never allow that. <laughs> I I don't mind having a, another agent be a helper or something, but not replacing the primary caregiver because I mean you see what happens to agents. Okay. Oh, gee, this guy can't. This this woman can't go out in the field, but I'm going to let her be with my kids. I don't think so. No, th- yeah. no, you're making no. Those type of people need to be in exile. Then, if that's the case, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there is no more high stress, you know, environment than raising a two year old. Depends on how much netting you have. Yeah. <laughs> Everything in my house was covered with rubber bumpers. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> we all can't get Phoebe Figulily to be the nanny, okay? Don't you remember Nanny and the Professor? Okay, that's a really old reference. Okay. I know, but yeah, Phoebe, yeah, she basically was a um, Mary Poppins SB. Uh, she was Mary Poppins. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't want Mary Poppins, though, because basically she won't work in the States. She works in England. But anyway, well, you know. Oh, you, know, well, you know, you figure it out. Mary Poppins is a time lord, if you think about it. Anyways, well, well, we'll yeah. That's, that's beside the point. But with with having kids as part of your bureau team now that we've determined that okay the first couple years parents are mostly home doing the that early formative stuff your toilet training teaching them to walk and talk and all that now they're in preschool age 3 4 5 maybe approaching kindergarten you can have one of the parents out a little more yeah I would have one of the parents out all from the beginning. I mean, you, you'd have to trade them off. Like I said, there'd be times when both they would both be there, and there'd be times when one of the parents would be on a mission. But I don't see any problem with the, uh, the, the, the them being able to trade off. I mean, come on, that happens right now with families who who one of their members is like a traveling salesperson, military, military. Yes, thank you, Jim. Yeah, I don't see a problem with that either. That also. If you do that from the beginning, that also gets the child used to, okay, they're not, both of them aren't going to be around all the time. Yeah. If you have the child seeing that, they're more prepared to handle it when they're old enough to understand. Yeah. Uh, And they're old old enough to understand why. Yeah. And one thing they can, and there is one job they can do, like, so you have a regional team that needs to go, you know, hop in the RV and go off. Well, they can sit on that regional – the regional team usually sits on top of a large supply base. They take over the supply base and run it while the regional team's off doing you – know, on, you know, on the road for, say, two, three years. So the, you know, that's another way of, of having them w- do a job. Your regional teams are not my vision of a regional team. You know, they, they, that is where they're from, and they go out from – they orbit out there for missions, and they come back. That's what I see, but – Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point of? I mean, otherwise, it's just a, um, uh, it's just a equipment dump, and uh, they're just a regular traveling team. We have different ways of running the same game. I look at it and say that, that they do need that experience outside of their own area, so they have actually more knowledge of what's their expert. They're experts on the local supernatural, but they, if they say a vampire from New Jersey shows up. They're not sure what the heck to do with them, maybe sometime or something from or no, the, New, uh, the Jersey Devil shows up yeah. in Seattle. They yeah, they need that extra experience and other places, so they actually have more a well-rounded team. But for the most part, they yeah they they operate out of one spot. So maybe they go out for a, for a six-month period. They go out and for extra training, just so they have that experience out there. Yeah, in, in my games, a regional team is a roving team that is mature to the point where they can take over the entire area and be the leaders for the the, the um, and a resource for the traveling teams that are up and coming and are out there. So to me, it's they don't you know this is a reward for them being as competent and as skilled as they are. Yeah, I was gonna say roving team for me. I would, regional team would be like okay, the Detroit regional team I made was Team Candlestick, which yeah. also has the deal with a family because it's a father, stepmother, and the father's daughter, based on me, my daughter Michelle, and my now second ex-wife Tina. 
that was still a family unit, and then we had other people on the team besides. But mm-hmm. I consider that a regional team. Yeah, we travel around Michigan and whatnot and maybe a little bit into another state here or there. A roving team is the one that they could be just traveling around the country. They have no set district of authority. They're mm-hmm. just operating within – that to me is a roving team. Yeah. Yeah, I, the the uh, team Fremont actually way, when I've run them, they've been all up and down the Puget Sound and, that, and far as far north as uh, as Bremerton as uh, Bremerton and as uh, which is the north end of the of the of the area and far south as uh, Vancouver, Washington, and far east as Spokane, uh, Washington. That's that's a pretty decent sized area. Technically, yeah, they could a case could be made for two different. Groups because the supernatural in the Puget Sound region is different from the supernatural in the east side of Washington State. It's actually more traditional um, Plains Indian type spirits, where the Puget Sound has all that weird, you know, um, Northwest Indian spirits running around doing things. So yeah, the case can be made. They actually should have a, a east side team, east side regional team, but they also sit on top of a major supply dump. And they also work and make sure and provide security for the minimum security storage facility. So there's a re- there's a reason for them to be kind of stuck in Seattle and then go out from there into various places. Well, they're still dealing with the general Seattle area. For me, that's a regional mm-hmm. team. They may go yeah. up and down the coast into Spokane, but that's still a region. For roving yes. teams where like the entire family would be in an RV and they just live out of the RV – that would be a roving team. In a month's mm-hmm. time, they could go from California to like Missouri, where you would yeah. have to have homeschooling like that because you're just constantly on the road. You're basically nomads, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Which there are families that do live out of RVs. I mean, they have no set set place. I mean, and so the mom would have to homeschool many ways, even a normal family, especially so in a Bureau 13 team. Family. Well, no, okay. Now, this is thing I think. I, this is thing I would disagree with, and the reason why I'm saying that is um, about mother homeschooling them. Not necessarily. Not with the technology we have. The kids could sit down in front of the screen and then be taught by a proper instructor, provided by the bureau. Yeah, online schooling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Online yeah. schooling. I, so I used that, to be that can yeah. work. I used to be a testing center proctor at a community college, and a lot of these courses that they took were online courses, and they'd just come on campus to take the test. So, yeah, that could be done. That, that can work. You could, e- you could have either he's recorded the lecture or it's a live feed if yeah. you want. Yeah. 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 And, it, you, and you definitely can have different instructors for different time periods. Because they're not the only family yeah, out there. Yeah, if you do it, either way, if you do it, you can still... If you get the whole, if you get the live feed thing going, like what we're doing here, you get you could have a whole bunch of tins all at the same time, right? Yep. And with Ray Robinson's help, they can put on the special glasses and be in a classroom, at least appear to be in a classroom. Yeah, a virtual classroom. Yeah. Be, sitting, be sitting in the back bedroom of the RV, you know, Indian style, and they're there talking with Professor Robinson in real time. Yeah. Robertson, and, not the, and 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 the kids and the kids in 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 Arkansas as well, and the kids in Washington State as well. Yeah, they're all sitting in the same classroom. 
Right. But if we're talking about a family that's going to become a team, okay, you know, all you're really talking about now is agents who have kids and they got to do something with these kids. And so you have this virtual class from onesie twosies all over the nation of these agents. Okay. But that's why I was saying is, is that you really need a very large family if you're going to do a family that's going to become, you know, a team because, that way, you know, over time, what happens is these kids get older, they learn the truth, uh, they slow, and, and then the, the family at some point has to make a decision as to whether or not they want their kids to become part of the agency. Because if they do want them to become part of the agency, then they've got to start training them as soon as possible. Yeah. If they don't want them to be part of the agency, then they're going to do everything they can to keep them from this because ignorance is bliss, folks. I mean, you you don't want to know about the things that can crawl around inside your brain, you know, if you're not prepared to deal with them. Yeah, because that ends up with the dad's den where you pull the handle, the wall swirls around, and there's his art, and there there's all his weapons and stuff. Yeah, yeah. What was that? Yeah, but again, you're, I'm saying, so we're assuming we're talking about a family that's made a, conscient, a conscious and conscientious choice to say, at some point, we're going to be bringing our kids into the Bureau because we want our kids to be the people who are hunting the monsters, not being hunted by the monsters. We're talking a plan here, and I think that we should look at it from the standpoint of Building a plan, you know, raising our kids in a way that soon that, that at some point they are going to be able to go into the bureau and become full fledged agents. Yeah, I mean, you have some people like uh, like the trope neighbor Carol Ann, uh, Carol Ann, who is more or less pursued by the supernatural. She, I mean, she's she's a she's a person who's going to have to learn to do, take care of it no matter what she's going to do. Yeah, but we're not talking about that, John. No, no, but by saying, but yeah, because we, we have two kinds of family teams. We have the, te- the the bureau team that you know that they got together and had kids, and then we have the Freelings. We have the Stapletons from the uh, Californian House adventure in um, which book was uh, Hauntings in the Hauntings book adventure book. They're a family, and yeah, Hauntings, and they've had haunts, uh, haunts. Yes. Thank you, haunts, okay. and they've been uh, and they've been exp- had major supernatural encounter and the kids were in the thick of it and what you're going to do now a couple that has kids after they become agents and then the entire family boom they deal with something let's say you're out on a picnic out in the woods and a werewolf attacks you guys well guess what the kids have seen this you can't unring that bell the bureau's Mm going to end up going i'm sure that the bureau after 150 years has a protocol of dealing with entire family surviving a supernatural instance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and those families don't become agents. Well, it may, they may be given the option to, or at least the parents. Well, at least the parents. The parents might, but they, they're not going to offer that to the kids. They're going to offer counseling to the kids. Well, yeah. That's what I'm saying is that we're talking about something that's an entirely different animal, and I'm getting a lot of pushback from you guys, which is surprising to me. 
Well, because we always said whenever someone encounters a supernatural, when it encounters a supernatural event, the bureau tries to recruit them. So maybe the kids don't become full time agents; they become junior junior woodchucks, you know, whatever, you know, they, you know, they 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 join the bureau, the bureau's, you know, ghost scouts. I don't know. Well, John, I I never said that. What I said was is that they encounter the supernatural. The bureau look the bureau agents that are there, look at the people involved. If they see somebody who doesn't go belly up, crawl into a fetal ball, actually is trying to deal with it, then they say, hey, maybe this person is a good choice. All right? Not everybody who runs into the supernatural you know, is going to be a good candidate for the Bureau. I would think that nine, 99 out of 100, the best thing you could do would be to give them that, that amnesia drug and make them forget the last two weeks. Yeah, I, I agree. Though, interesting enough, in, the, uh, in that one adventure of the Californian house in Haunts, uh, reading through it, the kids do a whole lot better than the parents do in dealing with the supernatural events that happens around them. Uh, in fact, the kids are the ones who talk to who talk to the supernatural thing, and the parents just go, "I don't know what to do." Well, generally, children <laughs> tend to have pretty malleable psyches, as far as you know. We we adults, as we get older, we tend to get a little more rigid in our thinking. We tend to, not so much conservative, but just we get set in our ways. Just as we get into our adult life, kids yep. just tend to think on their feet a little better. So they tend to be able to be a little more malleable when it comes to these type of things. Yeah. And so I'm thinking maybe that, you know, that that's probably why the kids did a little better than the parents because, you know, they they just they think a little more outside the box as opposed to the rigid relatively rit- more rigid adult thinking. Well, children are told that the supernatural is real. They're told that spirits are real and you can talk to grandma, you know, in your prayers. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're more willing to accept these kinds of things when they happen. You know, now when, when they come face to face with true horror, they're not at all equipped to handle that. So it just depends on what we're talking about. If they came across something, uh, one of the other more, uh, let's say, horrific adventures we have, yeah, some kids would just probably just go and scream and wet themselves and maybe soil themselves in the process. So, yeah, I, I, that much agree. But then again, we're looking at players who decide for whatever reason they want to run a family. Are we going to tell the GM, tell them no? Well, not really. Well, I would say, but put limits on it. No four-year-olds out in the field. I'd say this hit hit the sweet spot, which is 11 years old. No younger than that, because I don't think the kids really could actually be a benefit. I, I would do 11. The, before any type of auxiliary agent, I would think 11, 12 is when the Bureau would go, okay, the kids should at least be in the know. We can have them be backups like, even just teach them basic first aid. So it's like if mom and dad, you know, come limping back, you know, the kid can help do the first aid. Things like that, little things. As a parent, I wouldn't want my daughter out in the field if I was an agent. H-E double hockey sticks to the no. That's not happening. I would just be like, no, this is my only child. Forget that. Okay, I would not under any circumstances put children of the age of 10 to 12 years old out in the field for a very simple reason. Puberty. Uh. These kids 
are going through puberty. Do you want poltergeists on every single mission you go on? Not really. No. Uh, (laughs) I mean, you're going to be going into very supernatural rich environments where all kinds of magical and psychic energies are just waiting around, waiting to be tripped and tapped. And you've got these kids who are maybe not too happy about themselves, maybe not too happy about their parents who are taking them along on this trip, maybe not too happy about their bodies, and maybe not too happy about the reality of the world. That's a recipe for poltergeist. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't want that. Yeah, we're not doing too good in this pro and con thing, are we? But... uh... (laughs) But I would say I would look at it from the point of view. Okay, let's just do the other side. As someone pointed out, kids are more malleable. Kids may notice things that the parents may be completely blind to, culturally blind to. Uh, you know that the parents may miss, but the kids at their from their eye level notice things that the parents tend to ignore because, well, yeah, that's yeah, that's nothing. The kid goes, "No, Dad, the salt shakers are moving on the table." You know, and the parent goes. No, they're not. The kid says, holds his phone up and shows them moving in the phone. Yes, they are, Dad. Because <sighs> the parent doesn't, you know, can, people do have this sort of, uh, when you get older, you have this tendency to develop uh, this situational blindness where you focus on something and you totally ignore something else. Some kids are better at spotting things that the parents are, have, have made themselves blind to. Again, it's that thinking outside the box that kids do, and they lose that as they get older. And that's just, it's life. It's how we get as human beings. It may not be thinking outside the box. I mean, you know, every child, because of their lack of any previous knowledge, okay, they are going to absorb the, the, the current gestalt of the culture. And therefore, you know, which is why every generation and the kids are different. And that's why you have millennials and all the other things. And that's what. So, you know, a, a kid might notice something um, because, you know, uh, they understand what's, what it's supposed to be because it's all they really know. So when you see that vampire that's 400 years old posing as a, ten, uh, as a 14-year-old, they're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this, there's something weird about this kid, okay? This kid doesn't talk right. This kid doesn't act right. This kid's like, you know, he's got old eyes, okay? He's dressing up too much like. It's like he's an outsider trying to fit in. Yeah, a current teenager or preteen would pick up on that. It's like an alien dressing like he, think, he thinks he's a teenager we should dress like. Yeah. Which which means he'll be wearing all the latest stuff from the Gap, which real kids don't wear. <laughs> yeah. oh. Or he'll dress up looking. He'll dress up exactly like somebody from the pages of uh, a magazine. Or oh, Abercrombie and Fitch, yeah. Or Abercrombie and Fitch, right? Because that's what they're, that's what kids are supposed to wear. But in fact, is they don't. The, you know, that's what that's what the people who produce those clothing want the kids to wear. So yeah, so that that's that's a good point that they would be good at spotting these kinds of uh, posers. Yeah, Josie, yeah. posers. They'd be good at spotting that, especially if it's out of place where they are, because the only place that Abercrombie and Fitch, the Gap, the only place that would even slightly fit in, and it it look wrong even there. Is out with the with the rich kids, and they would see something wrong. 
Well, yeah, it, it's, it, it's a matter of media. It's what, you know, the media is trying to shape the generation. The media is trying to shape the generation, but it fails horribly. Well, because kids level. just find something that they like, and then everybody wants to, you know, they, they see that, and they just go with it. Yeah, so, it, yeah. And they would just look and see uh, that, that kid who's in on the scene... It would just be looking at this, again, there's the 400-year-old vampire trying to look like a 14-year-old and just go... There's something not right about that kid. Yeah. And and children just he, tend to pick out... Uh, you know how they say kids can be cruel? Yeah, they they tend to ostracize things that aren't like are, them. So they'll really yes. make sure... They'll make it be known they'll that this person ain't right. They'll make it be known that this person <laughs> is weird... And then the the parents will look at it, and then then they'll see that some that. Well, I don't know. The parents might just go, "Quit being mean to that person, Johnny." No, mom. Mom. <laughs> He's wearing Abercrombie not- and Fitch, has red eyes and fangs. Mom, something's wrong with that. Yeah. And he smells an entire bottle of Axe. Yeah, yeah. Get the <laughs> okay. get the cross get the silver cross out, mom. Yeah. This is Bruce Sheffer saying. There are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game, hate the players. This is Richard Tahoka. Wait till you see what's coming next. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org, colon 8027.